All right, so my name is Krista, and we are going to be doing a quick podcast. Uh, it's called The Gaming Bandit. Basically, what it entails is we're just going to review how microtransactions and gaming, uh, how it came to be a thing, and how it might affect the current generation of gamers that we have going on right now. So, uh, I'm Krista. I'm from Texas. I have been gaming since I was a child. I have two older brothers. They were also hardcore gamers. So I played a lot with them on the original Nintendo as well as the Super Nintendo. And my grandmother, she was a gamer playing Zelda. So basically I just come from a generation of gaming. And I have a lot of nieces and nephews who are also gaming. And I'm starting to see how microtransactions have sort of evolved into a problem that we're having now. I also have a guest speaker on here, Jonathan. He also resides in Texas. And he's going to be talking a little bit about his thoughts on this as well. So Jonathan, if you want to go ahead and give them a background on your gaming experience. Well, I've been playing games since uh, I was about three, which was in the year 2000. Uh, started off playing SpongeBob and kept going from there. Uh, Chris actually, she actually picked out a lot of my games since I was a younger child. So yeah, nice right, background I have. Jonathan, actually, uh, I started out working in healthcare, and I uh, worked with his mother, and I didn't know it at the time until later. Um, she was asking for advice on video games like Grand Theft Auto and things like that when he was a, a youngster. So. so He still got it anyway. He did. He still got it. <clears throat> so we're just here to bring a little bit of awareness to the microtransactions and gamings and how they can mimic forms of gang or gambling, excuse me, and how it can sort of kind of um, propel the addiction and impulsiveness that kids have when it comes to future gambling and or money management. So first, microtransactions, um, they became a thing, I think, in the past 10 years or so, I would say. Uh, the first one that really pops out as far as microtransactions are concerned, um, DLC. So that is downloadable content for your games. We used to uh, play Call of Duty, and they would have the launch game, which is a AAA title. And what that means is a title from a big developer, and usually it's $59. I think in the past, what, three or four years, they raised it a little bit because financially things are starting to be a little more expensive. So now it's $69. But when I started, it was $59 for a AAA title game, and you would get your base game, you know, put it in your little disc tray, and it would be able to play at launch. It wasn't, you know, downloading patches, nothing like that. You bought the game, you stayed at your midnight release, you picked it up, you went home, you put it in your disc tray. You could play the game, it was accessible right there. Then a few months later, to keep, I guess, the longevity of the game, they would release things called DLC, the downloadable content. And for Call of Duty, it was map packs. So you would spend, what, $14.99? So $15, give or take uh, some change. And then... They would give you, I think, what, four to six maps for you to download. We'd stay up all night waiting for them to download so we could play the new maps. And that was pretty much the norm when it came to DLC. And then the first, well, questionable DLC I remember was in Black Ops 2. Along with one of the map packs, they had a gun called the Peacekeeper. And you could only access it and like edit your loadout and things like that through buying that map pack 
Now, if you're playing with one of your friends and say that teammate died, their character died, you could go and pick up the gun. So it was really more of a not necessarily pay to win, but pay to give you an advantage because when the gun first came out, um, from what I remember, it was really overpowered. And then a little bit later, they started to roll out their updates and they nerfed it a little bit. But it was giving people more incentive to buy the map pack so they could get this gun. And that's really the first microtransaction I remember. I'm sure you remember it too, because I know you're a Black Ops 2 player. Yeah. I remember that gun. That's one of my favorites, actually. It's, it's really, really fast to reload on top of the range, man. Ridiculous for a submachine gun. It was technically an assault rifle, too. So, I think our generation sort of contributed to what is a big problem now. So, then we move on to the free games. So, you have, oh gosh, um, Fortnite is now free. Initially, it wasn't. That's one of the big games we're going to be talking about. Um, Fall Guys, I think Destiny 2, the base game, is now free to play. Uh, Apex Legends, and these are all Battle Royales. Call of Duty... Warzone, um, a battle royale is essentially you spawn in, you drop to the ground, and it's a RNG, which there's loot on the ground. You're not guaranteed anything. You just try to get your gun before everyone else and, you know, get the most kills and survive until you're the last man standing. And those are really the games that they have released that are free to play in order to, I guess, pay the developers and their teams and publishers and all of them they implement battle passes so a standard battle pass is about ten dollars and it has a tier system so you play and you get xp towards the tiers and a lot of them go to level 100 and as you progress you get items so like emotes um, dances cosmetics avatar frames in-game currency things like that pay you, I think you get shards and stuff to work character towards new characters you can use in the game. Things like that. So that's really the new meta of the games. I think uh, we started out with DLC, which was normal for us, and then what, Overwatch? I think we talked about that a little bit last time. Overwatch. Yeah, they want to start the loot boxes, right? Yeah, so Overwatch was... I think we paid for it initially. I paid for the game originally. I think now it's free to play, but initially it was not. They implemented these things called loot boxes. So you pay like $10 for 10 boxes. You get the opportunity to open these boxes and X amount of, I guess, a percentage to get a golden skin or a golden, well, skin for your gun, characters, in game currency. Um, it's all like a percentage drop rate, almost like the slot machines in a casino you know you pay and you have x percentage of a chance to win the the jackpot similar concept and there was a lot of pushback when it initially happened people didn't want that because they said that it did in fact mimic gaming and they didn't like it uh, i was a little more frustrated that i paid for the game and then they're coming out with things like that but they did it right because the only thing they offered was cosmetics this wasn't anything that would make my gameplay any better it was strictly cosmetics and me just wanted to support the developers excuse me and the good job that they have done on the game so i didn't see a problem with it then but now you have developers like activision and call of duty who have started to release 
guns in these battle passes and they're very overpowered and it's essentially pay to win and that's what a lot of people were worried about happening is you you are essentially paying for this battle pass and getting guns that do in fact affect your gameplay so the people who are free players are getting dominated by people who spend money in the games and that's just an unfair advantage and it's not appropriate just because they want you to spend money i think that's a terrible terrible idea and it kills your game faster because the spenders are really the only ones who are getting the upper hand and it's not really good for the community who's been supporting you for x amount of years and then bungie is another one to probably note um, bungie they developed destiny one huge game I do believe there were microtransactions, but they were strictly cosmetic too. I don't think that there were any in-game guns that you could buy. Fast forward to Destiny 2, they have every form of microtransaction you can imagine. They have a battle pass. They have an in-game store where you spend real money and get things. Um, I forget what the currency is called. I think Stardust or something like that. And you can buy stuff from one of their vendors. They have DLC. Then they have dungeons, and all of these things cost real money. So they saw every form of microtransaction that multiple developers are implementing, and they implemented it in their game. It's, uh, it's a lot of, I don't know, debate on their money management behind that. What, what else do we have? We have a game called what, Fall Guys. It's um, a little cheesy VR game, ton of fun. I play it. I haven't unlocked a battle pass or anything. I just think that it's it's just good fun. Um, Farlight is another big one that I enjoy. Um, I have yet to buy a battle pass on that one, though. Fortnite. Fortnite is massive. So Fortnite started out as a 4v4 player, and you would build a base, and then zombies would attack it, and you would try to save your base. The game didn't do so well, so they took a page out of the other BRs and decided to make their own version of it. And Fortnite's actually done really good for themselves. Um, they have implemented the Battle Pass. One of the issues I ran in with my nephew, he is 10 years old, and he is very impulsive. He started playing Fortnite. I bought him an Xbox, and he wants to buy the Battle Pass. So on his birthday and Christmas, things like that, I'll gift him the Battle Pass. And I've already explained to him if he will conserve his Battle Pass um, currency. It's called V-Bucks. He can always buy the Battle Pass. So as soon as you buy the Battle Pass, it's about $10. If you max it out, which he does, he plays a lot, you will get all of your money back in the form of V-Bucks. So he can always buy the battle pass if he saves his V-Bucks. Problem with that is he's so young and impulsive, he is blowing all of his V-Bucks on skins in the store and all of that. And he, he doesn't really have a conception of money and how he is spending his V-Bucks. To him, oh, it's just X amount of V-Bucks. He isn't really processing that into real game money. Yeah, as many conversations as we've had about it. So now I'm wondering if this is going to sort of cause him to have really poor spending habits in his adulthood because he's not really figuring it out now. Uh, since then, I've told him he will only be getting the battle pass on holidays and sort of like a reward system because I don't want him to continue to sort of divulge in these poor spending habits. He doesn't really have the, the best influences in his household to know when he should and should not be spending money um, then you have disney speedstorm i've started playing that recently 
it's Mario Kart basically on the consoles. It's a racing game, which had a lot of momentum. I think it sort of died off a little bit now. So they have a battle pass, which you pay for. So you pay your $10, and then they let you finish the battle pass out. Now, the first couple of seasons, um, you had to pay for the game, and they made you what's called a founder. And when the game went free to play, they would give you tokens so you could unlock your battle pass, which is what I did. Now, fast forward, the big dilemma with this is I have unlocked a battle pass, but they have sort of boxed you into spending real game money because as the tiers go on, they want you to have certain characters to a certain level, but the only way to get you know the materials to upgrade these characters is to spend in-game money. So you have already paid for the battle pass to support the creators, which I'm fine with. You don't get a boost in any of the, the gameplay, so I'm fine with that as well. What I'm not okay with is that they have locked my battle pass behind a paywall to sort of help my characters grow a little bit. So it's uh, sort of a incentive, I guess, is what they're going for. It's for me to spend real money. So you can chime in. I don't know how you feel about that. I know we talked a little bit about the Call of Duty and the guns, the pay-to-win and all of that nonsense, but I think it's a little rough when you pay for a battle pass and they sort of lock you behind paid content so you can't advance what you've already paid for. Yeah, considering, like, you... You play this game long enough. It's like I grew in the I grew up in the time. It's like you play the game long enough, you're gonna get the stuff regardless if you have the money or not. So you level up, you get your new stuff, and you keep on going from there. Even in Call of Duty, they had the prestige system, so you could you know permanently unlock stuff or you know spend it and get a, like a new token and um permanently unlock something or you can get something cooler you get like a gold camo you know saying that hey i played this game i've mastered this game i'm doing great at this game but even now it's like oh you'll get these cool skins if you just spend money it's like oh well, it kind of cheapens the experience for me and it almost makes the game not enjoyable because you can't just keep playing because you gotta spend more money it's like i don't know about you but $20 on, say, a battle pass, I gotta continuously keep playing, it seems more of like a chore than to actually play the game for fun. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, a lot of the battle passes I won't pay for, and I'm not really bent out of shape about it. I'll go through phases where I just want to play a game, and I'm like, you know what, I, I've been playing it for a couple weeks now, I've leveled enough, I feel comfortable that I can finish a battle pass but the amount of games that have battle passes now you would be spending hundreds of dollars a month and honestly you can just buy one game for what $69 and just play that instead so it's like they have these multiple tier systems in these games which is fine if that's the only game that you play but for me I bounce around between too many games I just I can't commit to one game to have all these DLCs. And the argument is that we're, we're supporting the developers, but then you have to look at the other side of that is our developers are releasing a lot of games prematurely. So we're getting AAA title prices for content that isn't even finished. Uh, one of the prime, well, there's a lot of prime examples. Um, 
I think one of the games that I can recall that they actually didn't want to release and the general public begged them for it. You know what I'm talking about? But, uh, ooh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't, like, just push the name out. Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk was an absolute disaster. But they knew. They told the general public, listen, we know you've been waiting a while for this game. It's not ready. And everyone said, we don't care. We we are in a just essentially a dry spell for gaming. Just please give us this game. They did, and then the amount of criticism was just mind blowing for a game that the general public begged for, and they released it because they begged for it. So that's really one of the only games I think that should get grace. They point blank said, "Hey, this game is not ready," and people still asked for it. Now, the other games that they are like, it's okay, we'll release this unfinished content and we'll just do a, like a, a 30 to 60 gig patch on day one because that's really becoming the standard for a lot of these big games. So they do. 30 gig patches, that's crazy to me. That is huge. That's what they're doing. So I can support battle passes that don't give you the upper hand, but I'm also an adult. I work for my money. There's a the big difference. I'm not compromising my bills for this because I understand money. But you have this younger generation, they don't necessarily understand money, and it's a different era. I can't pretend like I understand because they live in a very modern digital world. I sort of came in on the, the cusp of that. You know, the internet era, I still remember dial-up internet and things like that. That's what I was raised on. But they have a very different mentality just because they're they're in the digital era. They are products of the digital era. So I, I don't know how this is going to help them navigate forward when it comes to their money spending habits and especially all these games that they are spending money on. If they decided to kill the servers for Fortnite tomorrow, I, I can't even imagine how much money people would have lost just in microtransactions and skins in a game because they don't technically own the content. That's also another big thing. They're getting very comfortable spending money on things that they don't own. And that's become a big issue. People, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You're fine. They're okay. So they're spending money on this stuff and they don't technically own that. I know we've had a, a big conversation about that as, as well. We buy disc copies a lot. Um, I have since switched to digital because of game sharing and things like that. It just makes it easier to share with other people. But you also have this content that you're spending money on that you don't technically own. And I don't know if the newer generation understands that either. They're spending money on, well, nothing, really. Pretty cosmetics in a video game. And Epic, granted they have, that's the company that owns Fortnite, they have went through some links, such as putting a sort of allowance spending balance on kids accounts so they can't spend real money but what they haven't done is put an allowance on v-bucks and i really think there should be an allowance on v-bucks because that will sort of teach the kid hey i'm not going to be able to spend any more v-bucks i should i mean if they blow through them that's their business but if you put an allowance on that they can only spend x amount and they haven't done that and i think that's a smart business move on their behalf because all the kids are going to say, hey, I made an A on my report card. Can I get the battle pass? Can I get this skin? It's just $10. But 
but for like me, I don't live in the same household as my nephew. So it's really hard for me to manage that. Now I could put a, a spending limit on his V-Bucks and I would, I absolutely would, but I'm not given that option. So now it's just, he asked for all of this stuff and I'm obviously not going to buy it for him because he would blow through my entire paycheck if he could. Just spending <laughs> stuff on Ninja Turtle skins, anime skins, everything. He buys the weirdest stuff in this game. The Slim Shady skin. <laughs> he wanted the Eminem skin. He he is ten years old. I I I am a fan of Eminem, absolutely. But I can listen to him because I'm an adult. He is ten. There is no way I would let him listen to Eminem. Absolutely not. Now Ninja Turtles, things like that, some anime because. Some anime is very gruesome, and I would not let him watch some of it. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine buying him the M&M skin. And the fact that he even knows what that is is mind-blowing to me. So you have these this young generation with impulsive tendencies, which is fine. Their brain is still developing. Very rarely do kids have um, the ability, like, foresight and just sort of thinking, oh, well, I shouldn't do this because of blah, blah, blah. They're just not developed enough at that stage in their life to think like that, and that's okay. But I wonder how much of this is sort of playing on those impulsive tendencies so they can make more money. You know what I mean? Like, we're sacrificing and compromising the safety of our youth for money. Uh, yeah, it's like every time I went to the store as a kiddo, it's like, can I buy a new game? I'd have, like, little $20 bins for those. Yeah. And I'd get one every time we'd go to like Walmart or have to go out or go somewhere. But now it's like those don't even really exist and they're having to spend a lot of money on digital content. I'm like, we don't even have anything to show for it. It's crazy. Well, I try to explain that to him, but he's just not understanding it. And I it's really hard for him to understand where I'm coming from. Because like I said, it's a different era of gaming. I remember having the digital copies. I don't even think that he cares about digital copies. In fact, I know he doesn't. He just cares about V-Bucks and Fortnite. And mm. I, I know he hasn't taken the time to really think, you know, this isn't a way to spend my money because I'm not getting any of this. I could be out buying a completely different game and playing a completely different game and own it. Uh, Ro Roblox is another big one. I think they have in-game currency Ro Robux. Yeah, Robux. I don't play Roblox, but he, he also loses his mind over that. He's like, oh my gosh, can I have X amount of Robux so I can harvest, I don't know, cherries? I don't. It's really weird. I don't know what he wants in the game, but he wants something so he can build this epic armor. And ultimately, <clears throat> I don't think that he's going to be able to keep it. Because once again, that is a digital transaction. Now his new thing is Apex Legends. He um, sent me a message the other day. He wanted to know if he could have Apex packs, which is their form of microtransactions. So it's, he doesn't want real games. He just wants microtransactions. And I also think that's like FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, he doesn't want to miss out. He sees all these cool things and he's like, oh, if I buy a pack, I have a chance to get this. But his chance and probability is really low. So then you have to look into it. If he does get that and he starts spending his money when he gets of age, he could easily blow away a paycheck because he's just trying to spend as much as possible because, you know, he's trying to hit the jackpot. You're not guaranteed right. to get any of this stuff. 
and it's a social status too. He has a lot of friends that have all of these nice in-game things because they have bought it or sort of rolled the dice and opened all these packs. And not a, yeah, some of them might be lucky. They may be, may be able to get it. I guess that's the good thing about Fortnite. Once you pay for that skin, you do have the skin. And other games, you're just sort of buying packs hoping you get something. I think Apex, in order to get what's called an heirloom, they are very rare. You have to open... I think they said 500 in-game packs. So you're looking at about a dollar a pack. That's $500. Jeez. And that's just, that's what they, the probability was, the statistics, to get an heirloom. And that's one heirloom for, gosh, easily like over 10 characters. One heirloom. So you start to add up all the money you would have to spend to get the heirloom on all of those characters. You're talking thousands of dollars. Might even be an heirloom that you don't even for a character you don't even play. <laughs> well, no, they did change that. I I'm not sure initially. Initially, I think that it was just a random heirloom, but then they changed it to where you get shards, so you do in fact get to pick the heirloom for whatever character you want. Oh, that's good at least. So they did good on that, but still the fact that you have to open uh, and it's just guesstimated. 500 packs. That's craziness. And I don't even think it's the free packs. I do think it's the ones that you have to spend real money on. I'm not right. spending $500 to open all those packs. Now, my nephew probably would. That would be great. He would spend an hour just opening packs if he could. So I really, I don't know. I really wonder how this is going to affect our generation moving forward when it comes to gambling habits. And this is legal. I don't really think they're deeming this as technically gambling, but that's essentially what this is. This is gambling in games. Well, I think I went over all of the content that we need here. Uh, we went over gambling, the types of microtransactions, some of the big games, how it came to be. Is there any other input that you would like to add? I don't think there is. I think we're all good. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see if we post another podcast momentarily. And if you have comments, please let us know.